Welcome to Beyond Grit, the podcast that seeks to create and foster a community of people who want to learn, develop, and employ the 10 powerful practices to gain a high-performance edge. Whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just someone looking to improve yourself, the Beyond Grit podcast shows you step-by-step how to reach your peak potential. The Beyond Grit podcast is based on the book Beyond Grit, written by Sandra Kampoff, PhD, founder, and CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, and a professor at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Sindra, a keynote speaker and entrepreneur, is also a certified mental performance coach for professional athletes, executives, and championship teams from around the nation, including the NFL's Minnesota Vikings. Sindra's co-host is Tim McNiff, Emmy Award-winning news and sports journalist, strategic communications consultant, and storyteller for the National Sports Center. This is the Beyond Grit Podcast. Welcome to Beyond Grit Podcast, episode 15, no, 16, 16, 16, Tim McNiff alongside PhD, Cinder Kampoff, high performance coach, founder and director at the Center for Sport and Performance Psychology, and of course, professor at Minnesota State University, Mankato, and might I add, uh, recently featured in ESPN, and might I add, recently featured in Forbes magazine, unrelated, <laughs> quite a week. Good to be Sindra Kampoff. <laughs> You're sweet, Tim. It was pretty awesome. You know, Forbes has been on my bucket list for a while. You know, when I, my book came out, I was like, how can I get in Forbes? And it worked out. So pretty cool. How did you get in Forbes? Um, I actually met the author of the person who wrote my book at an event. And so we were, or the, not that they wrote my book, but who wrote the author, wrote the um, article that was featured in Forbes. So I met him at an event and he was really fascinated about what I do. And so uh, we had a connection and chatted about it. Well, that's uh, success number one and congratulations. Thank and the you. other, the other uh, happened as a result of your work and we kind of dance around your primary um, booster that got you into working with the NFL because you have mm-hmm. obligations and, and you're, you're contractually uh, bound by what you can and what you can't say. But yes. when this person who happens to play in the National Football League starts a particular game with a bad play and then comes back and has a very good game and then explains why he was able to bounce back and have a good game because of something you taught him, people tend to notice. Is that, is that an accurate uh, summary? So, yes, that's an accurate summary. So what happened was, you know, I've been working with a Maverick football team here in Mankato for seven years, ever since Adam was a senior. It was actually the first time that um, I worked with their team. So Adam Thielen played football here at Minnesota State. And we actually had a tiny toilet on the sidelines. It was plastic. And um, I'll have to show you a picture, Tim, but you can find it on my Twitter feed, like for those who are interested in like figuring out what this toilet looked like. But it was a plastic toilet. And um, and so since the, the, the article came out, you know, some of the guys who are on the team posted some pictures and some videos of the toilet. But the idea was, you know, a sticky way of kind of explaining how you need to move on quickly from a mistake. And we talked about flushing it is the way that that team wanted to embrace it. And so the idea that, you know, when you make a mistake, you go over if you need to and actually flush the toilet if you guys did that. Or it was more just like, um, you know, what you do in your, in your mind. Um, 
and you just need some kind of way of moving on, like a mistake ritual. And so Adam fumbled really early on in a game against the Saints, and he went over on the sidelines and just did like this flush <laughs> action. And so somebody was asking him afterwards, this ESPN reporter, and he explained that, you know, um, he learned it seven years ago from um, a, a mental training consultant who the Mavericks hired, and uh, and obviously it stuck with him. So <laughs> uh, it was pretty fun. Absolutely. Now you said if people want to see the pictures, they find you on Twitter. Which yes. Twitter handle? You can go to mentally underscore strong, which is my Twitter handle. Okay, because I imagine people are scrambling right right away after yeah, you said that to, to go and find that. So I wanted to make sure that uh, they had that. And as you pointed out, and we've we've kind of danced around this a little bit. Adam is Adam Thielen, and and so you started working with him. Adam uh, is is the, kind of that case that has been talked about ad nauseum now in, in the NFL broadcast again because he's what everybody aspires to be. Here's a guy who who wasn't thought to have NFL talent, but he believed in his heart that he did. And so he went, wasn't invited to the combine, went to a, a regional combine, did well enough where he was mm -hmm. then looked at and could work out for teams. And of course, the Vikings having him in the backyard, that was the most easy one. And they were like, well, this guy's got pretty good numbers. He's got pretty good stats. It's a feel good story. We can't lose by inviting him to camp. And so they invited right. him to camp and he makes the team as a practice player goes from practice player to special teams special teams to starter starter to pro bowl player and um so the rest is he's that he's that rags to riches story that everybody aspires to be and where i'm going with this is knowing that you a worked with him back before he was adam thielen as the rest of us know him and b continue to work with him to this day what sort of satisfaction does that bring you? And is it more than just, because you work with a lot of people, a lot of different areas, but this is different. Is it not? I think what's interesting is, and I posted on um, Twitter and on LinkedIn this message that, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily know the impact that we make, you know, doing this work. And for me, I just trust that it makes a difference. And, and um, for him to say that, you know, seven years ago when he learned this flush technique <laughs> in my work with the football team, right, during and, – and so what I still do with them um, and what I started doing with them seven years ago was every week we had a mental training workshop. So it's like you never know what sticks with somebody. You never know what works. And in the moment, you know, I think about mental training as like having a whole bunch of tools in your toolbox, and that you can use to thrive, you can use to be at your best more often, and you never know what you might say to somebody, and it might help them years and years later. So I think for me, it gives me a lot of um, uh, trust, you know, that this work makes a difference and it matters. And I think for everybody who's listening, I think it's like sometimes when you're in the workplace and you, you, you question, you know, is this making a difference or do, do what, what I say to so-and-so matters? You don't necessarily know in the moment. Um, and so you got to trust that what you do really is valuable. Well, and, and what a compliment to have him pull out a technique at a time when he needed it. He needed Absolutely. to get over a big mistake. And yes. I, I can't tell you as a guy who coached uh, football for seven or eight years, 
how, the effect of, of when you fumble the ball and not you personally, but you know, it drags the whole team down and right. like the defense will jump up and they'll go, all right, it's on us to get it back. Let's go. And they run off, but your offense kind of walks off and everybody else is kind of down to, to give them a visual and then to give them that they brought and put something over. Now he walks over and he actually flushes the toilet, you know, and everyone watches him do that. It becomes like a joke. Everyone's all over, you know, the, the mistake now and it's on to that next thing. I'm sorry. What a genius thing to do. I think what's cool about it is it's sticky. And, you know, I think about my work with Maver football, which I still work with and I'm on the sidelines of those, of those games. And so I really get to see what happens. And you're right. Like when somebody does make a big mistake, I think our natural reaction internally as a team member, but also as the athlete who made the mistake is to really beat ourselves up. But Today, actually, what we're talking about is how we really need to disengage with that. We need to train ourselves to move on really quickly, not overthink, because I think about how if we, um, and we'll talk about this later, Tim, the idea of like learning and burning. And what I mean is like we, when we make a mistake, we've got to quickly learn, but then that fast we have to move on. And you may mm. hear me snap my, my, my thumbs here, but literally we have to train ourselves to quickly move on to protect our confidence and uh, to protect our belief in ourselves. So it is something that we can train. As athletes, it's incredibly important to train. As people, it's also very important that we train as business owners, as leaders, um, because we can overthink things as humans, and that's our natural tendency. You say we can overthink things? Yes. Well, where is that taking us? Today's topic Absolutely. If you're not familiar with the, the podcast, and gosh darn it, you should be, and hopefully this will be the thing that keeps you with us. We're talking about uh, the book, Beyond Grit that Cinder wrote. It's a, it's a process that has 10 practices and 52 chapters. We're in practice three, which is mastering your thoughts. And this is the final chapter in practice three, master your thoughts. We're going to take a look back first at chapter 15, which was reframe your way back on your game. And the homework was practice reframing. How does this obstacle help me at least once a day? Also, how is this obstacle a gift? And how is this obstacle an opportunity? Talk about the homework. So the homework was for you to consider something that you're struggling with right now. It could be something small. It could be something big. But how can you see uh, the bright side? How can you see the opportunity? And again, you can train yourself to do this the more often you do, you're less likely to get stuck and build momentum in your life and in your sport. Perfect. All right. That's uh, chapter 15. And uh, we're moving on to chapter 16, which is disengage with overthinking. And you start out the chapter. Uh, it's something that I could really relate to. This is my second time through the book. But uh, you, you uh, come across a young woman named Ashley. And Ashley is moved by your content, just like I was. And she wants to do what you do. And you, you start working with her. And all of a sudden you realize, well, Ashley's not quite there yet. Now, was, as I read it, I, I, your book, and I'm like, I want to do what she does. Yeah. I realized that I, I wasn't qualified to do what you do. I didn't have your background or your training. And, and um, so how can I do this? So I could work with Syndra to become you know, qualified at this. And with Ashley, you found that she really wasn't in a place interpersonally where she needed to be. Can you talk about that? Yes. And I think this happens to a lot of people, Tim, like this isn't, you know, just the example of Ashley. So as people are listening, I want them to think about themselves as well. And so 
she was an aspiring speaker, coach, and author, um, and she came to me actually uh, to help her do to get her into this this business. And what I realized is she had the knowledge that she needed to become a speaker and a coach and author, but she was stuck. And um, just a lot of negative self-talk, this belief that she couldn't do it, this belief that she wasn't enough, smart enough, you know, um, she wasn't a good writer. And so all these kind of beliefs about herself that were really holding her back and not allowing her to share her message with the world. And so she was overthinking a lot about like, what's the next step? And Tim, what I think was really interesting is a lot of times it can be the start that stops people. And kind of what I mean is we don't, you know, we just don't take the next step. And even if it's not the perfect next step, like it's a next step. And that's what I try to do with my goals every year. You know, it's like, okay, I don't know exactly if this is the perfect way, but what's the next step that I can take? And she was really stuck. And what I found is that she was just overthinking and having the same thought over and over and over again. And this is um, a lot of, this is something that we can all experience. One study in the Journal of Cognitive Psychology for actually the uh, Journal of Cognitive Psychotherapy suggested that 73% of young adults are overthinkers. 52% 52% of middle-aged adults are overthinkers. Um, and 57% of women, 43% of men <laughs> are overthinkers. So that's a lot of people who we're talking to, to Tim today. And um, we can, you know, be an overthinker, but at some points we can overthink too. And I think we've all experienced that where we've kind of felt stuck instead of moving forward because we're thinking too much. Well, and, and living in a house uh, with my wife and, and two daughters, not both of them are here, but I am definitely uh, acute and being reminded of the different way that men and women think about things or don't think about things. And you can go to mm. YouTube and just see where men don't think about things. Um, so this is a problem that affects everyone, but heavier uh, affect women over men. There is some research to show that it does impact women uh, slightly more than men, but it's just slightly, you know? So I, I say that with the point to be that um, men can experience overthinking as well. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about it. Uh, what's the first step? Uh, what are the issues? First of all, I'm sorry. What are the issues with overthinking? I think the issues are that it really um, creates more of a distorted, negative, pessimistic view of our life and our ability and ourselves. And I think about overthinking that it can really feel like quicksand. I had an NFL player one time tell me that it feels like um, just a rabbit hole he's going in, right? Where he has this one thought and then he just lets it spiral out of control. And so that's kind of what I mean by quicksand, you know, just kind of like you can't get out of it. Um, And I think it also impacts our relationships. Sometimes we can make an issue Um, That's not really an issue. (laughs) We can take one little thing that someone said to us and make it to something bigger. And when we overthink, we feel powerless, self-critical, pessimistic, and generally feel down. So it's something that we want to work to avoid as often as we can. Okay, so you identify a process to help us deal with overthinking. But before we get into the actual process, you talked about, and I wanted to stop and make sure we hit this, uh, the first step in overthinking, you said, is to recognize that this is not, it's good to think about things, but overthinking is not your friend. 
Why? It is not your friend because it doesn't allow you to move forward. It doesn't allow you to like believe in yourself and um, have confidence in your ability and doesn't allow you to follow your dreams. So I think about, right, we're just starting 2020. People are fired up about their goals. And so overthinking doesn't allow you to make progress towards those. And so the first step, um, Tim, I talk about like how, all right, you think about how mindset is like your engine. And what I mean by that is it powers every single thing you do, your actions, your belief in yourself. Um, and it believes your, it, it powers your decisions. And so the first step in making sure this engine is working for you is C. Okay. And the C is the first step in an acronym called CAR. Okay. So we want to drive our engine and we want to drive our mindset. So should I keep going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you said CAR. It's a three-step process. And C yes. is the first stage in that process. And C is for catch it. C is for catch it. And what that means is we just have to notice the thought. And that's the best thing we can do is just be aware of the thought that we have. And what I mean by self-awareness is just a moment-to-moment -moment awareness of what we're thinking about. And we want to really do this non-judgmentally. And kind of what I mean by that is like, there's no reason to beat ourselves up for the thought that we have. You know, there's no reason to be like, oh, come on, Syndra, you're, you're thinking negatively again. Instead, the, the better choice is just to be more compassionate with yourself. You know, sometimes I laugh, Tim. Sometimes I'll be like, ha, ha, ha. oh, there you go again, Syndra. You know, <laughs> you know just, just have more of like a carefree approach to that um, because we all can experience negative thought and it's just a thought. Um, there's no reason that you need to believe it. A thought is not a fact. Okay, so your next phase in this is A, and that is address it. A is address it. And what that means is we have to do something with that thought. And there's uh, two schools of thought on the way that you can address your thinking. First is um, from a theoretical perspective, it's called cognitive behavioral, right, where we just notice the thought and we talk back to it. We tell ourselves, no, I can make a difference. No, I have this ability. Kind of watch me, right? We talk back to the thought even though – we know it's not accurate. We maybe fact check it. What I mean by that is we, we ask ourselves, is this thought true? No, it's not. And we give ourselves evidence why it's not. Um, and then maybe we say something really powerful to ourselves to move us forward. The other way we can address it is more of a mindful approach. And what this means is we just notice the thought and we let it kind of move out of our mind. <laughs> like, I don't even need to believe that thought. I'm just going to let it move by like a car passing by. Um, and kind of my work with people, what I realize is I, I introduce both ideas to them. They choose which one's going to work for them. And, and also what I find is that if it's a deep, like, um, uh, thought that you have often, you, it seems to me that the cognitive behavioral approach works best, meaning where you, you talk back to the thought. Um, because if it's a thought that you have a lot that's really holding you back and keeping you stuck, I think you need to fact check it. You need to say, well, this isn't actually true. And what do I know to be true about myself? You know, when you, you gave those two examples, and it's interesting always for me to come back and see this, what I've highlighted, because I highlighted this stuff like a year ago. Yeah. And um, so it's always interesting for me to go back. And down in, the, in this particular Paragraph, you say a second ab, uh, option is take a mindful approach in, address, in addressing negativity, which is discussed in depth in Chapter 28. Imagine the negative thought moving out of your mind like a cloud passing by. And, mm. and um, I remember my reaction at the time was, 
uh, it takes too long for the cloud. I, I remember my immediate <laughs> yeah. thought was it's a balloon. So I'm holding a balloon in my hand and I let the balloon go. And by letting the balloon go, the balloon floats up and is gone. And that, awesome. now, right after that, now I picture my younger daughter going, Dad, we can't release balloons up. That's pollution. And where's that balloon <laughs> going to go? It's just plastic <laughs> into the atmosphere. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, Tim, isn't that just a real-life example of how we have this thought? And then there's another thought, and it's like a monkey mind, right? <laughs> like, yeah, the silver yeah. thing goes by. Squirrel. Yeah. You know, yeah, Squirrel. yeah. So, yeah. so anyway. you said, I love the idea of the balloon. Just like, so, you know, and the thought, you know, just the idea is that you don't have to believe everything you think. It's just your brain. It's not you. And I think the key is, is to realize it is not fact. It is just a thought. And, and it drives really home with that thought. Excuse me for interrupting you, but it's just, I'm so excited because it drives home why you wrote the book and why we do this. Because yes. your mind, while perhaps always well-intentioned, maybe not, it's not always your friend. And that's yes. why you have to learn how to control it. And that, that's yes. this whole thing. It's right, because right away you have, okay, this is a good thought. And you have that thought, but then the next thought that comes in may yeah. not be. And it's replaced. What is it going to be replaced by? So that's why this is great. So anyway, yeah. so now we've, we've, we've caught it. We've addressed it. And the third part of the, the car, the three-part system, is to refocus it. Yes. And what that means is to refocus your mind back to the present. And so what people tell me over and over again is like, you know, Sindra, I feel like I have an angel, angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, right? Positive thought, negative thought, empowering thought, disempowering thought, you know, however you want to label them, but it can feel like it's like, oh man, just, you know, backwards, you know, just one, one after the other. And so I think the key is, is like, just let all of that be, take a deep breath, get to the present. And that's where it's like where you want to tell your something, yourself something powerful, just to move to take the next step, right? The yep. start is what stops people. And so the idea is, can you just take the next step? Let that thought be. You don't have to believe it, but refocus your mind on what you want to do. You ask near the end of the chapter, where in your day today can you use the car shift? And this is one of those ones I think that you talk about having a toolkit. This is an easy one to kind of have with you almost at all times. If you just remember that acronym and, and work your way through it, whatever that example is. And then at the end of the chapter, you kind of sum the whole thing up, but um, you say learning to stop overthinking about um, them being thoughts that, that don't always help you mm. overthinking uh, will help you reach your highest level of performance and think like the world's best. So uh, this is a technique that you use, uh, all the time when you're you're training people? Absolutely. And the way that I would describe it is, again, another tool in your toolbox. Um, but the thing is, Tim, it's like we can't really take a day off of training our mind. <laughs> if we do, it's like it can go all over the place, and it can really, like, hurt you instead of help you. So I work to train my mind every day. I know that the world's best in terms of leadership and business and in sport do the same. Uh, they make sure this is really helping them. And the CAR um, acronym and, and tool can really help you do that. Okay. I just wrote down that quote. We can't take a day off right in training down. our mind. Cinder Kampoff, <laughs> January 18th, one eighteen twenty. Awesome. We can't. <laughs> okay. And then, um, so for here, we have our homework. What is our homework for this week with, in relation to CAR? So the homework this week is for you to write down one example 
of a thought that is holding you back in some way. Okay. So the thought might be, I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. The thought might be, um, I can't break through. Um, the thought might be, I can't be myself. And so write it down. And then I want you to write the example of the car shift. Okay. The, the C, the A, the R, just so you can see it on paper and you can see how you do this and then practice it this week. Um, because you know, you're going to have a negative thought. <laughs> I do. I have them every single day. So it's about what I do in response to those automated negative thoughts that really make the difference. Okay. Now I really have to do the homework this week because this one to me really hits home and I'm not going to tell you why until next week. Ooh, I can't wait. Okay. okay. Um, if I may, your high performance power phrase this week, I notice when I excessively and endlessly think too much, I remind myself why I should be confident in my plan and myself. Boom. Yes. Boom. Yeah. Do you have a gritty person of the week? Tim, my gritty person of the week is Adam Thielen. Um, for a couple of reasons. He experienced so many injuries this year and uh, was really able to help um, the Vikings. I'm just thinking about that Saints game. And he is an excellent role model of somebody who trains their mind to really be at their best and has overcome all the odds to get there. And it gives us, I think, all a lot of hope as everyday people <laughs> that we can reach our dreams, whatever that is. Um, it might not be to play in the NFL or to play pro sports, but he inspires me that I can do what I want to do in this world and what I feel like I've been called to do. Well, I, I, it's wonderful that, you know, we all kind of want this glimpse behind the curtain and I know you're sort of judicious and there, there are rules for that in, in ways. So it's cool that you kind of gave us that glimpse and, um, Happy for you and happy for Adam that he has access to you and happy that so everyone else does too, who takes advantage of this. This is my, yeah. this is my whole intent in coming to you was to how can we get you in front of more people? Keep listening, um, everybody. Keep listening. And, It'll and change do the your work. life. Yeah, do, do the, the work. work. Uh, my gritty person of the week, um, by all indications, I've never met this man, but by all indications, Eric Matson was not only a uh, great police officer for the Waseca Police Department, but it sounds like he was a heck of a guy. And in the line of doing his job, he ran into a person who has had uh, a less than stellar life. And that person apparently had expressed a desire to his mother to commit suicide by police officer. And instead of uh, just doing that, which is not anything I'm advocating or, or you know, hoping for, you know, he shot Officer um, Matson in the head, you know, and and didn't look like Matson would make it. He was airlifted from Wasika to North Memorial Hospital, where he still faces a long road to recovery. Uh, but he now is uh, responding by squeezing hands, and he is giving a thumbs up when given uh, wow. special uh, certain questions. So Eric Matson, married, father of three. Um, father was a police officer, went to school to become a police officer, and... Um, you know, as they, as people said, don't kid yourself. He's got a long road still ahead of him, but his, his uh, recovery to this point has been nothing less than miraculous. So 
Special shout out to Officer Matson, his wife, his family, all the people supporting him in, in Wasika, and Albert Lee, where his father was, where he grew up. Um, you know, stay gritty. You know, this is uh, whatever you're doing is working. Do that. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story, Tim. So we have at the end of this um, chapter, disengaging with overthinking, and we had the high performance power phrase. We also have concluding thoughts to practice three, which was mastering your thoughts. And in the book, if you have the advantage to the book, you've got, you know, kind of the things you learned from mastering your thoughts. You can practice thinking like an optimist and choose to use the OPP strategy. We all experience automatic negative thoughts or ants, but you can use CAR to shift and address your ants. Love the way you brought something up earlier and came back and gave us a process for dealing with our ants. Um, you can think like the world's best by choosing P4 thoughts and using power phrases that start with, I will, I can, I am. And a key to staying fulfilled is to reframe each obstacle as an opportunity. I know I'm saying this every week. People are going, God, here he goes again. Your book is like nothing else I've ever read. It really is. It's like nothing else I've ever read. This is fabulous. This is why this book should be mandatory. It should be in every school. It should be in front of every child. It should be everybody should be reading this book, and we'd all be better off if we were. Wow. <laughs> There's nothing more than I would love for that, Tim, because I feel like um, – I didn't have this. I had to learn this the hard way. You know, uh, my own struggles, particularly as an athlete, man, wish I would have had this this toolbox right here, this book. Um, but that's the Me whole too. reason I wrote it, you know, is to help people really live their best lives and um, be their best more often and get out of their own way. Yeah, well, I, I'm thankful for however I ran across your message. I'm thankful I bought the book. I'm thankful I reached out to you. And I'm thankful you, you took me up on it. Here we are. Here we are, episode 16, and we're going to keep going. Keep going. And you, you said uh, in your concluding thoughts, this is the time to go back on the grit board. And um, yes. so, so my to-do list for today is to introduce this book to my wife, which I gave her for Christmas. We're going to sit down, and we're going to go through the book together. We're going to go through uh, the preface and the introduction and then uh, chapter one together. I don't know if we'll get all this done today, but by the, by the end of tomorrow, we will. And, uh, and we are going to go together, Cinder Camp Off, and we are going to go get the stuff we need to go make our grit board. Yeah. I have never made a grit board. My That's daughter awesome. in New York read the first chapter. And she's like, yeah, I saw that. I'm not going to do that. How can I be authentic and tell her to do it if I don't do it? Right. So, That's so true. I am, I am making my grit board. I'm going back. Some people get it the first time. Some like me need two or three times, but I'm going to do it today. Sure. And it might be a little out of your comfort zone to write down things. And, you know, mine is in color. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a whole bunch of markers, but I've made mine like this is my fourth time. So, you know, I've, I've gotten pretty good at it. But I think the, the idea is you get a poster board. It can be any size that you want. It could be a big one. It could be a small one. Get some pens, markers, whatever, like, you know, whatever is your creative side. And, um, I think the key is that you see it every day, right? That you see what you made um, and that's going to help guide you to live your best life and, and uh, remind yourself of these tools that you have. You said this is your, how many times you're making your grit board? Four. Fourth, I just made time. it over Christmas break again. <laughs> Do you have the first three? 
Yes, they are okay. all kind of behind. I actually have it framed, so I got a big poster board, um, and I have all my other ones framed behind my first one. Okay, yeah. so we just note to everyone out there: we, we talk before and we talk after, and one of the things we're talking about is we we I think we need to set up a a Twitter account and probably a Facebook group just just around this, and and I think that that's one of those things that we have to have is you. Uh, not all at one time, but put out your first one, then put out your second one, your third, and now your fourth to show your, so we can see your development and how right. it's changed for you and how as you grow and change, how your right. priorities grow and change. And, and yeah. uh, I think that would probably be very inspirational to a lot of people. And people, if they're struggling with like, what does the script board look like? They can go over to beyondgrit.com. And uh, there is, actually, if you go beyondgrit.com slash bonus, there's just a, um, there's a link that has a whole bunch of some things that support the book. Um, there are examples of grit boards and it's cool because you can see like a variety of different styles. Um, several of these pictures, I did a leadership training a couple of months ago with about 25 um, executives and they all made one, Tim. So this isn't just for like, you know, if you're, 15 years old. <laughs> this is for adults too, because you're, you're, it gives you a time to really think about how am I at my best? What does that look like? What's it feel like? What do I want to say to myself to be at my best more often? And it gives you a space to have it all written in one place. So if you're like, oh, I'm not very artistic, I mean, do it on your computer. There's some really cool ways that people do things on like um, – uh, Adobe Creative. I think that's an example. I don't. I don't. I'm not so great at like the creative stuff on the computer, Tim. But right. <laughs> there's so many different um, ways, like that, you can make something beautiful or something your style on the computer too. Well, and I would allege that you already have made something beautiful. We 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 know where your talents are. It's the rest of us who are still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like, I know what I'm good at and not good at, right? So. <laughs> All right. Uh, give me a final word and I'll take us out. The final word for everybody is listen to the thoughts that you have this week. Make sure you catch them, you notice them, and then tell yourself what's true with the address it. Get back to the moment. Keep mastering your mindset. It's a daily practice that the world's best use and you can use it too. And to quote Dr. Kampoff, if I may, we can't take a day off in training our mind. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us. The Beyond Grit podcast is created and put out to help you reach your peak potential. We encourage you to check out this and other great content on the NSC blog page, which is Beyond the Bench, where you can also leave us your questions and comments. You can also find the Beyond Grit podcast on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, where we encourage you to rate and review us so we can reach and help empower more people with Dr. Kampoff's brilliance. For Dr. Cindy Kampoff, I am Tim McNiff. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, stay gritty, everybody. Stay gritty. Thank you for engaging with the Beyond Grit Podcast, where we help you reach your peak potential. You can find past episodes and other great content on the NSC blog page, Beyond the Bench, where you can also post your questions and comments. The Beyond Grit Podcast is a production of the National Sports Center and Beyond the Bench.